0: Honest, I've always felt that the salaries that the clubs pay players are crazy and unrealistic. The word we have tried to use so many times. We have tried not to use so many times, but we have to use. Again, shame on you. This is Sports 360. Hello, everybody. Once again, it's time to bring you Sports 360 Podcast. Many, many thanks for joining us as always. Promise to be another exciting episode. Um, The guys are here. The regular guys are here. Bodyogutu is joining us via Skype. Yemi Adesoya is here with us in the studio. And I'm also here. I'm Deji omoto And, well, we're going to start on a very, very exciting note today because um, a couple of weeks ago, our female national team, Nigeria's female national team, that is, the Tigress, qualified for the FIBA World Cup coming up in Australia in September. And it was a tough, tough qualifying group. They were putting through, although it was three teams out of four that were going to qualify. So we expected they were going to qualify, um, put in a group with China, France, and, um, Mali. Uh, they had beaten Mali in the finals of the, uh, FIBA Africa Championships. And uh, we felt they might have a chance to beat Mali, but nobody was sure about their performance against the other teams. But, they lost the first game to China, 1967. But I think the huge surprise was against France when they pulled out the results. Um, I think had a, an 18 or 20 point deficit, something yes. like that. Yes. They pulled that out, 67-65. And of course, they iced it with the 73-69 victory over Mali. So we have the basketball expert in-house. Buddy is here. So, Buddy, as the girls are going back to the World Cup, back to World Cup appearances for them. They are three-time
1: African champions. How far can these girls take Nigerian basketball? Well, DJ, I, I think that game against France uh, just encaps- encaps- encapsulates
2: um, what uh, what to expect from, from the World Cup. You, you, you never really know. Um, l- let me just correct you. Even that game against Mali, we were confident, but we are not hundred percent confident. Confident,
3: yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, because if, if you remember, if, if you remember well. That, uh, uh, African championship, African, uh, championship final was, was close. And um, then the thinking, of course, if you are smart, you, you will know that, um, when the stakes are like slightly higher, it you also know, that it can go in any direction. We feel that they should win that game, but like everything sports, it wasn't, it, it was not 100%. Uh, so we were, we were, we were hoping that, um, they'll keep this cost low against China and France. And then he can win against Mali. Of course, he just needed to win one game to qualify. But, that game against France, what a humdinger. It's, it's, uh, it's in points, deficits, they it back. Um, I don't think there is anyone in the world who would have predicted that. We wouldn't. The France wouldn't. The other... The other and, and, and the small and the fans wouldn't. Maybe USC would have told the French be careful of this young women. But... After the game against China, where they were soundly beaten, I I thought it was all over. Like, hey, let's see what they will do against us, and then hope for to I win mean, against uh, against Bali. But they, but they they, they, and they they also remember that they were without their best uh, yeah. one of their best players. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so uh, it it, it, was, it was really good to see the young uh, the, the younger players that are just going to, to the te- team. It was easy to see them rise above everything that like they've been through the, the, the past four years um, and, and, go to, go to um, and go to that championship and, and that qualify and pull, put on a shoe. I think it will be foolhardy of anybody to start predicting what they will do at the World Cup at, the World Cup at this moment. Uh, because I think um, they, they are going, to, they are going to, grow, to grow as a team but then again, they are also like we saw uh, um, just before the Olympics they are also going to have a target on their backs. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh. Now, 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 they've almost beaten the USA. Uh. They've
1: they um, beaten France, and they, they, they keep climbing. Um, the, the only good thing is that, um, I feel that now,
2: since it's in the Calo has said that, look, we've we'll been knocking. Uh, remember that coaching we've we'll been knocking on the door now, we are going to break it down. The thing is, nobody knows whether that will break it down. But they suddenly are the knocking, and they are knocking hard. The target on their backs will get will go bigger. That will, I'm sure that given what they have seen, the journey, that they, 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 uh, the journey they've been on, they also they'll get mentally stronger. Because when you pull out um, a win from an 88-point deficit against, it, uh, against a country as great as France, that gives you a bit more confidence in your own ability. Mm-hmm. So I expect mm-hmm. that they're mentally stronger. So I think we should just all enjoy the ride and not put, put them under any pressure. I said, hey, you know what? Because I mean, you know, we, all, we always make that be say, "Cool, now we are so we are so good, we are going to win it." That is a different pressure, uh, pressure by on itself. I think we should we should just enjoy the ride and let uh, this young man keep sur- surprising us.
0: Okay, that's a good point, buddy, is made. I mean um, just to juxtapose it against what happened with the the tigers, the male team, uh, going into the World Cup, good performances like that, kinds of um exposes you in a way that you are no longer a dark horse, yeah. and everybody looks out for you as uh, maybe a dark horse, a dangerous dark horse that you should prepare for, especially the teams in your group. So, in a way, that's a disadvantage because teams come against you much more prepared because they know how dangerous you are and what you can do. What that just means is that uh, we need to start finding some level of consistency so that some of these victories or some of these results that we achieve are not seen as was that term now? A flash in the pan. Yeah. You know, sort of like a fluke. We need to get to that point where we're able to get these victories on a more consistent basis. So what that means is that when we're going to competitions, we need to have multiple streams you know, of plans, multi- different kinds of plans, uh, different modes of um, putting together a team plan, team chemistry, and what have you, to ensure that when we get to the main tournament, we do know that everybody will be much more prepared for us uh, we'll have a big target on our back, so that, that way, once, for instance, the threes are not falling, we can switch into an inside game. Mm. You know, switch, switch up. You know, a lot more in different ways. But well, for me, consistency is very important, and that is why I think for the women on the international stage. That's what they need to find. Okay, buddy. Um, Otis Hughley, uh, the coach of the team. Some doubts when he was appointed, but we have to say and we have to admit. He's done really, really, really well, hasn't
2: he? Yes, he has, Digi, and 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 it's also key that um is like, like uh you, you mentioned consistency now, that is also that is also a, a part of it. When you don't chop and change um, uh, the coaching crew or the coaches, the players get to trust the coach and and, uh, and, and the team uh uh they, they get to understand each, each other better. He also grows with them. Um, I I think that's key. And yes. Uh, you, you you can't fault a man that has won you multiple championships. So, um, I think that's one of the things that the 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 male, the, the male team suffered from. Yeah. yeah. Um. you uh, like it or not, it, 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 it kind of affected them. Yes. To move. Um. I, I think Otis has done well. Um. Uh. For me, <laughs> if if, if, some, if something like that like 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 that is possible, I think he should have this job until the start of I mean for life. <laughs> Given what he has done. I, I think the, the, the job safety also gives him a chance to scout uh, um, to scout more women um and and to, and and to get them into the program early with what he did with with, with young women the last time at the, at the last World Cup where he took uh, um, uh, took some players and, and just you know just tested them the younger ones Now we have seen the results of that experiment because those are the ones uh, these young are the ones that grew in leaps and bounds and showed up well. At the, the World Cup qualifier, so I think what he really has, do, has done well, and I think um, uh, we, we should keep him for whoever, uh, whatever it is, that the ministry or the NDF wants to do. I think we should keep him.
0: Okay, yeah, I mean, um But it's has made a case for what is usually. Let me now make a case for local basketball. Um, we said it before. Um, the success, the successful run of the tigers is really, really impressive. Um, but. I still feel that we are not feeling the impact locally. Yes, even though a lot of the girls play in the diaspora and all of that, I think one of them, I think it was that came and did a training or um, some sort of kind of program in the East, which was good and all of that. How can we maximize the impact of what those girls are doing on the international stage to inspire a whole new generation of young girls in Nigeria to take up the sport? Because I think that should be a natural consequence of success at the international level, at least locally. The problem is, um, is it's, it's far reaching. Uh, as you have that problem in football, you also have it in basketball where there's a huge disconnect between the teams and the community, the fan base, uh, those that would ordinarily really support the team. One of the things that can be done is, the MBBF or the sports ministry
1: can single out some of the top or top or older set of ladies in this team and find
0: times where maybe they are free. You know the calendar is flexible to work with some of the local teams. Okay, work with them. You know, be part of their coaching crew as part of their process for them to also you know transition to coaching. In that way, they can mentor they can also learn and pass on their knowledge as well to these young ladies and inspire them that look the sky is limit your career can you know can explode if you're focused if you have a level of direction secondly we need to take the game back to the schools using these ladies as well um, as mentors as well to push the game in a different direction for to have more girls you know, participating in basketball in our schools. We we continue to neglect school sports whilst it is a huge foundation. Mm. The Americans mm. and the Europeans that are hugely successful in this sport is because they have a huge pipeline coming from the school system. We don't because we continue to neglect that, um, that outlet. Now, we also need to um, create a huge relationship between them and potential corporate sponsors. Those corporate sponsors also open up a wider outlet for them in terms of marketability mm. and them also in terms of mentorship and inspiration. So you're talking, if you're linking them with a women's brand and what have you, it goes a long way in inspiring young women to also see something that they can aspire to. I think once we're able to identify those three key seg- sectors, which is one, the professional game locally, Whether we call it professional, amateur, whichever one it is, school sports, and then on the commercial and marketability side, Mm -hmm. once we're able to do that, we build a connect that transcends the entire community. So Mm -hmm. you're developing from school, you're going to the main games, and then also going to the general public through uh, the corporate brands. I think that is that way we create a huge connection between the team and the community, and then we can we have a platform. To develop over time, so you have a, a set of girls who are people that are looking up to and they can aspire, you know, for for greater things. So I think those three athletes are very key for us. All right, a very nice insights from you, from Yemi there. Um, but it, um, the male team, the Tigers, have a huge talent pool to draw from. Um, I think you were the one that said it on this uh, podcast that we could actually present three yeah. uh, top rated national teams. Five six uh, five, exactly. <laughs> do we have the, a similar talent pool for the tigress available to them? Um, maybe in diaspora, maybe locally as well. Can they match up with the talent pool coming from the man? And if not, what can we do to to improve that? Um,
1: the, the thing the thing about the about the um about the talent pool for them is that you know. We
2: discovered and were able to develop that because of the uh, of the long qualification process they had uh, before the last FIBA world cup you know they, i think they played in three phases yeah and then, uh, what what the mbBf and the coaches did was that for every phase um they brought in almost a fresh set of players and the toughheid the, the, the it got the, the um the more elevated the talent the players, uh, the kind uh, of players that he presented I think that, that that's what that's what opened opened that that door for us. And also remember that it was um, the, the qualifying process was was uh, affected by the different calendars that that the players uh, were were, were engaged in So it it was um, that. discovery was a result of uh, how do I put it? Uh, uh, it was it was it was it was a result of the creativity of the B F. But Remember, I've also said that the feeling among um, the basketball basketball family is that the women's team will be probably much more stronger and achieve more than the men's team Mm. because, one, of the opposition and because, two,
1: we felt, and this is the answer to your question, that we have better players in diaspora than the men. Now, also understand that the women's league has not been
2: affected by by the same thing that that affected the uh, the, the men's league. Even though the calendar is not very uh, is not very um, very long, their
1: own league has kept playing. That has been a major difference. So I will say to you that I think for the women, we are likely to get a deeper pool and more teams if
2: there is a need for it. Right now, a lot of these women are knocking the door trying to get in. In fact, let me throw this in. The, the day volleyball decides to go talent shopping abroad,
3: mm-hmm.
2: Africa will be in trouble mm-hmm. because, I mean, I watch a collegiate volleyball here. It's too many children with Nigerian names. Mm-hmm. I watch League uh, basketball sometimes. I stumble on it. too many Nigerians, especially in Italy. Some Of them with the uh, Nigerian first and Italian second name, mm. there are too many of them, and so I, I, f- I suspect that, um, if should sh- it arise, so they need to arise, the odds are that you'll we'll find that there's a deeper talent pool. Meanwhile, let me chip in something about your, your, your former question. Remember that Adrenaline, the, the captain of the team was in was back home, uh, recently, yeah. a, 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 few, yeah. a, a few weeks, months back to present a uh, government, and I think she held the clinic. Yes. I think this is what we should encourage. Although the security situation in the country makes it difficult for them
3: hmm.
2: and uh, to, to do this often and for their for their agents and their, their members of their family to agree and I will not blame them. That is one thing I think we should do, apart from ensuring that the league lasts longer. Yeah. Let this young man come let this young man come back home, and, and interact with their communities. Sometimes you might just bath or revive a dream in a young woman. Yeah, and then they go out to do great things. So I mean, it, it, it's really not their—it's really not, really not their fault. That's where we are. In some in, in some cases, but I think what you can do is encourage, encourage them to show up. Uh because if you remember also that this talent and this um this, uh, uh expression we are seeing came as a result of individuals coming back home like Akio uh, to do to hold clinics, from which. A lot of these young women were discovered. So I think uh, interaction with their communities is one of the ways to go and also ensure that league glass longer. So these young can have more exposure and play the game for longer. I the short things that they do uh, in, in, their, in their own season. They mm-hmm. All
0: right. Um, uh, Yemi, as we try to round this up now, I'll give Bodhi the final word. But, um, but you had mentioned it, alluded to Body alluded to as well, how we can deepen the relationship, I think, between these girls and the local community here. Um, in spite of the security situation, I also feel that maybe the people in charge of, I feel that if those girls got to the quarterfinals at the last World Cup, they are back at the World Cup, and uh, they've won the title back-to-back, how come we can't package this and get a corporate sponsor? Because I feel I feel there's enough there to attract a certain <laughs> level of funding from the corporate world, or is it that we expect that we need to go out to them? You know, although you can say that some sponsors should be able to see the value in that, but we need to package something, value-driven proposals, to go out to them. Which MBBF would you like them to speak with? No, you know, you, know, you see the point, all right? it doesn't even have to be the MBBF. It could be you could hand it out to people who would do it for no, you. No, I'm just saying the corporate sponsor. Okay, okay, because the of, the crisis, of the crisis, the, the, the crisis yes, right now. Who they talk doesn't to doesn't make it uh, Is it the Abuja factory or the Benin factory? No, problem. but uh, let's put that aside. Okay, okay, but, so let's, uh, let's let's come to a point cr- of, uh, of an ideal situation. You see, my problem is that um, administrators sometimes believe they have a viable product. Or they believe, no, vibe, maybe vibe is the wrong word. Mm. They have an attractive product. They think they have an attractive product and that that they, they don't realize that they, they need put come it to come together. Them, yes. They think people will just ordinarily come to them. But I also always say that you need to manage your expectation. Because we're in a country where we don't value, and when I use the word value, we don't value our sports in narrow and corporate terms. Mm. People tend to pick figures from the air. Yeah. So, some things always say, oh, go and bring 100 million. It's probably not one more than 10 million. Mm. So, because we don't value our sports in our own terms, we're not realistic in terms not of realistic. valuation. So, yeah. for instance, you can ask yourself really, what is the value of the, the Tigers brand? Because they haven't developed that brand. It's, it's hard for them to even sell that brand. Mm. Or even the Tigers, or even the Super Eagles. Have you valued that brand? That's why it's difficult to sell to corporate Nigeria. And of course, corporate Nigeria are also um, quite funny in their outlook to certain things. Uh, some of the money that should come to sports will normally go to, would easily go to entertainment because they they see more numbers, numbers mm. more activity. Even though sports provides a wider, you know, scope for you, it's easy because for now these are women the targets are very obvious and they're right there staying in the face for the women-based brand products. Mm. Mm. And I can assure you, once you sell them the far-reaching and wide-reaching prospects, mm. they will embrace this. Okay, but the final word on this for from you, um, what are your expectations for the Tigress uh, in Australia? And um, how should we uh, try and develop in the next few years, even after the World Cup, the female basketball, women's basketball, sorry, in the country?
2: Amy, yeah, uh, sorry, uh, please, I'll come to that question. L- 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 let me put flesh on what you just said about okay. putting okay. figures from the air. Okay. Um, several years ago, when, when all the teams, when, um, uh, one, uh, I think it was, there are two football teams in the university. And somebody said that <laughs> the teams get one billion every year. 500 million per team. And the then chairman of the LMC, look, said, you have done the calculations. Even the team playing on the continent, when we, that, when we take it down to and Kobo, and what each team spends, that's what you need to run a successful club per season. So it's just a little over 300 million. It's not 500 million. Mm-hmm. Now, what, and it should be how it be program if it was the program because the salaries travel and everything. It came down to about 333 350 million in total, which I will keep hearing half a
1: billion per team at that time. Now, secondly, um, I was speaking with a friend who, who does a lot of um, sports uh, calculations here. I remember before the I think uh, uh, the, I think it was the, the when, when when our students are coming to the Olympics and the MBF are trying to raise money. And they, they, they pulled up a figure. Someone called me and said, what do you need that kind of money for? Now, this is
2: what scares corporate sponsors.
3: Yeah.
2: And it, again, it did what... It did what... Uh, what the like, what, what you know, about did. And it built down the figures for me. And what you did at that time
1: was a little under half of the figures that, that was being banned in the media. And so, it's two things, Diji. When...
2: Things are not properly valued. I'm not saying that you have to pay the exact money for sponsorship, but you've got to be open and honest about what you need. Yeah. Now, that should not affect the value of the team because, like Yemi also said, the value of something is what you pay for it. Sponsorship and, and, uh, and money spent are two different things. But if you are asking for sponsorship, if you are saying, look, I want to buy a car and the cost of the car is 10000 and you are telling me the car is 30000 I wouldn't be looking at you as cars. Now like if you say, sponsor me, I want to buy a car without give you a finger, it's a different thing. So sometimes it will be good for us to separate facts from fiction. Yeah. We are getting evaluations. Now, having said that, um, I think that going to Australia, like I said earlier, I suspect that these young men are mentally, are mentally, uh, they are mentally stronger. I think they'll go much more farther than, than we expect without us demanding for it if we don't demand for it. And I think going forward, should try to bring this success home in by showing that when this argument come back, now there's a reason why teams that win championships do street parades, it inspires hope. Yeah. When they won the championship for the third time, they flew straight to Abuja and most of them flew straight out. That was an opportunity lost. Yeah. Um, Nicole have taken them, Abuja, Lagos, Elugu, so Although their schedule may not have allowed it, but at least let them make the media rounds.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Let them make a few, some appearances in schools before they go back to their business with the trophy trailing them. This is what says of promotion. This is what Ginger's dreams. Yeah, but most of the time these teams fly, even the survivors, they fly to Abuja, see the president, they fly back out, and that is it. The public are not touched. Corporate sponsors mm-hmm. are not yeah, interested. Exactly. They do like David also said, sometimes. These corporate sponsors are fitted and served. And, uh, and they eat and they leave, dropping nothing. <laughs> I have a story for that too, but that, that's a bit <laughs> to me. I know that I too. do feel that. When you, go, <laughs> you know the story exactly. When, 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 they, when, and they, if they go to Australia they do well, I'm not saying they need to win it, they go as fast as they can. Let them mix a bit with, with the media and the populace before yes. they go back to wherever yeah. they are coming from.
0: It's very, very important, I think, for the Tigers even for the Super Eagles, particularly you mentioned it. There has to be a deeper relationship with the, with the team, the players and the local community. I think we're, we're completely ignoring that. And that's not, because that's what builds and deepens passion and a relationship and emotional connection to the teams. And those things really need to be done. So on that note, uh, we leave the first topic. We move to our next one, which is a very, very passionate sport. We go to football and we go to the Syria where Well, a lot of people in Nigeria are, you know, (laughs) fixated, I think, on the Premier League, which is understandable. Considering our historical antecedents to England, a lot of Nigerians studying in England, a lot of Nigerians support uh, English teams. But the Syria this season has been fascinating. And it looks like the running would be quite, quite exciting. In England, I think it's a two-horse race. We all know it's going to be Liverpool or Man City, I think. Well, the Syria, you know, Napoli, I think AC Milan and, Napoli and AC Milan started on 10, 11 games on beaten streak at the start of the season. Inter Milan fell out a bit, but they're there and thereabouts. Right now, the top three in the Syria, Napoli, AC Milan and Inter are separated by just two points. Um, Napoli ahead on goals difference after 27 games, 11 more games, but AC Milan do have a game in hand. Juventus, who you thought were out of it totally, Some few weeks ago, on 50 points, they're just seven points off the pace. So, I mean, anything, with 11 games to go, anything is still possible. So, um, of course, Atalanta, Yemi's team, even though he doesn't want to admit it, and Roma are in the top six in the, um, Syria. So, let me start with the Syria expert here, Yemi. Um, it promises to be a fascinating final for long in the Syria. And so what do you see and why is the league so exciting this season? At the start of the season, I think when we did the preview,
1: maybe on Sports Express or so, I said, this was, this is probably going to be the most open title race in years. Yeah. Cause I think every, many
0: teams have, you know, the opportunity, the chance, and the resources to win the title. Now, of course, there were a lot of musical chairs, managerial musical chairs at the start of the season. You had uh, Simone Inzaghi moving to Inter, uh, Spalletti moving to Napoli, also Murillo appearing at Roma, uh, Mauricio Sarri coming to Lazio, and, of course, Allegri returning to Juventus. So it was obvious that, um, you know, you had a, a set of new managers coming on board, And that was going to change the entire landscape. I think that's probably what has built up the excitement. A number of these top managers now arriving in different teams, now building the expectation. Now, a few, of course, a few jigsaws happening in terms of player transfers and what have you. And one of the reasons why Juventus are not out of it is because they splashed the cash in January to get the striker that they know can deliver goals. And the young man has already started doing that already. Um uh, no, for for Inter and Milan for Inter and Milan, it's been a problem of finding consistency lately. Um some players have risen to the occasion. Players like Rafael Leao have risen to the occasion to to Nassau has also found his food. They still have issues with the Frankesi contract issue. But consistency is key, especially when you have about eleven games at the end of the season. You have to be able to You've paced yourself up to this point. Now you have to hit the sprint. Mm. Now the two Milan teams are now stumbling. Inter earlier on looked like they were home and dry, home and dry. Mm. They were on cruise control, but somehow they've also lost pace because the goals dried up up front. And then the goals contribution that comes from midfield has also reduced. So national materials who at some point seemed like he was fine without Lukaku, and the was also chipping in. All of a sudden, those goals seemed to have died down. And of course, the goalkeeper, who's captain, also has made a few mistakes, a few errors at the back. Napoli with Osime, Osime has really picked up, even though he got injured at some point, but he also found goals from somebody else, Chris Mertens, the old guy, somehow, of course, his boots on when Rossime was out and he started to deliver. Of course, from a midfield perspective, they've also grown defensively. Even though Khalidu, uh, Kulibari left well, for the well, African, yeah. they still seem to keep, you know, the service of the team. Roma are the ones that have been proper Jekyll and Hyde. At some point, they really look good. At another point, they look like complete, <laughs> strange, <laughs> bedfellows. They brought in a new person who I think is probably one of the signings of January Marcos to Sergio Rivera from uh Porto. He's done pretty well, but at the same time, Roma just can't find that consistency. So I think all these things, from the consistency, from the stature of the managers, for some of the transformers they made in January, has even made the leases even much more combustible. Mm. That we have a proper running. That involves about 69 notes. I didn't mention Atlanta. Atlanta have had issues with their front men. This season. a... Zapata is injured. Morel can't find the form that he had coming from the bench. They brought in Jeremy Boga, who has added a few uh, um, points to the team, but still not hitting the heights. Now, they're going for a first nine in Mario Parsonic, uh, and Kopp uh, is also finding goals in an advanced position, even, at have also decided to change the information from a back three yeah. to a back four. So, all this combined makes it a very combustible season that mm-hmm. 11 games on, we're in for a treat. Game on. Um, but let me mention the name that is becoming, uh, synonymous with Nigerian football right now, if I can put it like that. <laughs> not, not trying to put pressure on the young man. Victor Osime has come in leaps and bounds. I think we had a podcast, part of the podcast we had yeah. uh, the rise profile of Sime sometime in the past. And you could see how much Nigeria missed him at the scope. You could see the way Nigerians are praying that he's fit for the Ghana uh, doubleheader coming up later this month. And um, for Napoli, buddy, um Ivo Sime is able to help Napoli win the title at the Diego Armando Maradona for the first time since A certain Maradona led them to the title, I think it was 89, if I'm not mistaken. Eh? But how big would that be if Osime plays a huge
1: role, which is already playing in Napoli winning the title again? Then all of us will be in trouble.
2: (laughs) Because the man who drew the Maradona, um, uh, the man who made the Maradona analogy analysis. I remember. Tell us for the next 15 years, that, hey, you thought I was, you thought I was joking. I mean, yeah, for instance, I'm, I'm not sure that much candidate. But having <laughs> said that, um, I don't think anybody can put pressure on Lucime. If, if, if you have ever engaged him on social media, you know, at least a young man that grew up tough, he's yeah. mentally strong, he sets a possible tax for himself, and he believes so much in himself, because I think um. Uh, if you remember, when that move was about to happen, a lot of us are talking about the money, some are talking about the pressure that you will face. And when he struggled early on, a lot of people thought, they felt that it was the pressure that was turning on him, but he speed himself up in a tough league and he's done his business. And I do feel that, uh, I think he's done enough to get whichever credit comes his way. Um, when he's been out of the team, just by the fact that some players are written higher than him, uh, in terms of contributions, but when you starts on the team, you you know, you, note, you notice that he's not playing because something really goes missing from the way they play their football. But Simon is a force of nature. His sold up plays aggression, his, uh, his, uh, his willingness to go all the way, create spaces for other players, and that is the that is the uh, uh, that is the advantage of having him on the pitch. At the top, that is that his goals goes too. It both feet and his head. That makes him very, very valuable, valuable to Napoli. His good. Um, if you had any doubts earlier, on, I'm sure right now we will understand the kind of talent he has in his hands. So for me, if Ossime manages to be part of a Napoli championship winning team, while I, I still feel that the Maradona uh, analogy will be a stretch, mm. but to be a story worth telling.
0: Mm. Interesting stuff. Um, Yemi, okay, we look at the teams that are in contention. You've said we, we can't rule out Juventus. Of course, because it's only 7 points and with 11 games to go. So, a lot to play for. Maybe we can rule out Atalanta, who are 10 points of the pace. And Roma, who are uh, 13 points of the pace. But, you look at Napoli, AC Milan, Inter Milan, Juventus. Let's say these are the four contenders. Which team has the most equipped squad, in Mm. your view, to be Mm. able to overcome maybe suspensions, injuries and all of that uh, in the running? And maybe you'll take a look at the, the run-ins and uh, no, we'll leave that for the final word. But in terms of squad ability and depth, we, which team do you think would slightly or slightly has an edge? In terms of squad, I would say probably Inter. Mm. But so a lot of people probably also consider Napoli. Why? Because they showed that they could cope during that Afghan month, yeah. where they didn't have Osime, who was out injured. Mm. They didn't have Sambo Giza, who was at the Nation's, Cup, Nations Cup. And yes. they didn't have kulibali as well. They didn't have Adamunas, who was with Algeria as well. So, there's about four key, quote-unquote, players. players for them. And they were able to cope and ride the tide and still be as close as possible. Now, they're top of the table. Inter, I think, in terms of overall squad, depth are probably stronger because they have varying options. Up front, they can mix Antonio Martinez and Dzeko. They can bring uh, Joaquin Correa, who's also struggling with injuries. They can have Alexis Sanchez. In, in midfield, one person that's very critical for them has to be Nicola Barella. If he's fit, Inter is a very dangerous team because of his industry, the hard work he puts, and how he gets into the box to, you know, to score goals. Um, I think Inter are... are are well endowed in midfield, different types of players and also in weak back positions. So that's why I think Inter are probably the ones that have the stronger squad generally. Some Inter fans might not um agree. But Milan, Milan's excuse continues to be the age of their team. They have mm. probably the youngest team in terms of average age. So they always try to dampen expectations by saying, look, our team is still young. Mm. Uh we just want to make the top four the qualify for the championship. But hey, is there neck and neck in the title championship? Yeah. You can't but hope that they can go all the way and, and also win it. Uh, I think their squad is the leaner squad overall. Um, they've also struggled with some injuries and some loss of form. So like Rafael is coming back in, you know, leaps and bounds, showing some real good uh, form of late. Uh, defensively, they need someone like Tomori was really doing well to be back to his pre, um, 2022 form. Romagnoli has uh, continues to, you know, face a lot of backlash as captain. And of course, with his impute. So they need him to be a leader. Of course, in goal, they need that goalkeeper to be, uh, to be fit because he was out for a while and had to use, um, uh, something yellow to replace my gun. So um, overall, I think Inter are the ones that have the wider, stronger squad depth in mm-hmm. terms of options and what have you. So yeah, and they, they, they also have the experience of winning, uh, which is yeah, would, uh, the experience of winning is, inter- is an interesting perspective mm-hmm. because it's a different manager. Yes, I know.
1: And the core
0: remains yes. the same. Yes, What's so I'm talking from, from, the man, players, yeah, from players, from perspective. The players' perspective. Okay, buddy, it's very, very tough to get away from this man because he's always very controversial. But I also feel that he's a victim of his own successes. People tend to judge him with the different set of standards compared to other managers. And of course, I'm talking about your best friend, Jose Mourinho at Roma. Roma at six is not a bad season. There's been some bad losses, but considering where they were, it wasn't as if they were lighting up the Syria before he came. How would you assess Mario and Roma? And why do you think Mario always continues to divide opinion
1: wherever he goes? Um, first off, I'm, I'm glad that um, Roma fans uh, and Roma press are not
2: as fickle as English, English press.:
3: press. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> of course, you know, I've been following the conversation about, uh, on, on Roma on social media and the Italian press. Uh, since you mentioned that they can't the hide you mentioned that they're the blue hot and cold and seriously as a as a as a cinema fan it is frustrating especially when you what their are given and you see that I you see that it, 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 sometimes it's, it's not for lack of uh, of good game management it's lack of finishing that cost them points I feel that, and yes, of course, the English media have, have, and uh, some sectors of the English media have, they have also been poking their notions in the matter
1: and trying to rile up a support as, as a it, it has not been working. Um, I, think, I think that um, what Roma needs to do is what they are doing, trust the coach. I also feel that the season could have gone, like you said, the season could have gone better if they've had uh, a, a better rub of the
2: green where their players are concerned, um, but I, I feel that now that they, you have that, they, that uh, they, they seem to have improved uh, post uh, transfer window, I think that's, that's uh, uh, the, the face-off between the coach and the players where the club, club said, you know what, is the, is this one is not going anywhere. You guys better knock it down and do what to I think that may have tipped the scale. Um, like almost, I, 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 I just looked up where what we have done in the past few years. Um, they the high debut was I think thought like four four, five, six, six seasons ago. They've always been around the about where they are now, between six and seven. The past three, uh, two, three seasons. However, what has been different has been the, uh, has been the point differential. Maybe it's because uh, like Nakia, maybe alluded to it's 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 been uh, it's been um, it's been tighter at the top this season. Um, uh, last season I think they were almost 30 points, be, almost 30 points be, be behind the winner yeah. now I think there are only 30 points between them, the, uh, between them and, and the team at the top of the table yeah. and there's still a lot of games to be played I do feel that the way things have been in, 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 uh, in, in Italy if they find a purple patch and they get a decent run of results they may not win the league but they may, fish, they may just switch a, a, a bit harder than where, where they are but I think that's explicit for, people. So for someone like me uh, it's, it's as simple as that.
3: Okay,
0: you do, you do feel though that uh, he's going to get another season, except something drastically goes wrong, that uh, Mourinho, and maybe next season, um, having been able to imprint his own style and character on the team, uh, something would have to give, whether he, he does well or he doesn't. The interesting thing is that um, under him, Roma, unlike those Mourinho, a lot of people have been actually more attacking. Yeah, more forward thinking. Yes. Yes. the problem has always been at the back. At the back. Okay, let I mean, So let's round this up before we go to our final topic for this week. Look at the running and tell me which team has the strongest. I mean, the the the, the tougher running. Mm-hmm. And which team has a that's no guarantee of anything anyway. Oh, it but, uh, quickly, <laughs> as before we move on to our next. I topic. think Napoli have the easier running. Um, of the top six, they have only Atalanta and Roma.
1: To play, to worry about. Um, Inter have, um, they have Juventus. They have Milan in the Copa Italia and they have Roma as well. Um, Juventus have, Juventus have Inter again. Mm. Um, Frentina
0: are a confusing team. And since they lost, um, Vlaovic, they're yeah. not the same. So I think Milan are the ones that have the tougher running. Milan still have Napoli, which be played this weekend. They have Inter in the Coppa Italia. They have Lazio. They have Atalanta. And of course, somehow they have Verona, who are also a very dangerous team on their day with uh, Giovanni Simeone. Um and then they have a small matter of Sassuolo mm. <laughs> somewhere there. So, even though Napoli also have Sassuolo, Juventus also have Sassuolo, they're a dangerous team. So I think mm. Napoli seem to be the ones that have the easier running. I think Milan seem to Can be the Juventus nick it? Considering the start that they have and seven points off the pace, that would an incredible achievement though. Juventus are a dangerous customer, especially mm. from the position they are in now. And because of the signings that they've made this season, I won't be surprised if they make it a good battle and mm-hmm. they close that gap. Yeah. I'm not sure they can win it. You know, all right. Uh, at the bottom, you have Venezia, Genoa, Salenitana. Salenitana, of course, had a, Ni- a couple of Nigerians. Nigerians yes, yes. Um, he has left. What's his name now? The striker Simuanko. Uh, Simuanko has left. Salenitana is a team that paraded a certain Cameroonian international at some point. Uh, his name is Rigobe Song. Very, very popular footballer. Across Africa, indeed across the world, when in he, his playing days, and he's just been appointed as the uh, coach of the Indomitable Lions of Cameroon, who um, lost in the semi-finals of their home competition. Even though Vincent Aboubakar, their captain, was a top scorer in the tournament, even though they were the highest scorers in the tournament, but it must have been disappointing for them to lose, and them. Um, Yemi is of the opinion that this appointment is job for the boys. We hear, though, that is the president of Cameroon that ordered this appointment. We don't know about that. We cannot confirm that. But, Yemi, you know mean? why do you think it's job for the boys? Or why do you think Conceição should have kept his job? Um, because I, I get the feeling you disagree with the sack of the coach. And then um, you also wonder about this
1: appointment. One is the timing. And two, what's the motive? You have uh, a dumb header against Nigeria to
0: look forward to. Mm. You've just finished in the semi-final and finished third at the AFCON. You scored the most goals. The manager hasn't done badly as far as I'm concerned. There's no guarantee that when you host an AFCON, you will win it. There's no guarantee. You can ask Nigeria. Yeah. You know? And not many hosts have actually won. Yes, not many hosts have, have actually won. So... It was surprising to hear that, you know, even the man's job being under any kind of, you know, threat. And they did play some decent football. Like I said, it's called the most goals. And they really look good. Now, you now fast forward and say Rigobertson? song. Why? Why, Why? Rigobertson? song? On what basis? Some would say, yeah, and you see say also didn't
1: have any core mm. pedigree yeah. to be made you know, Senegal coach for as long as he's been, but it was a gamble.
0: But also, note that he had a mentor in the likes of Metsu, who was with the Sen- that core first mm. golden generation of Senegal and then had the opportunity to grow into the job. Now, is this an attempt to replicate what Senegal has done? It's sweet. It's fine and dandy when you see I want to copy and paste. But it doesn't guarantee that it will work. Yeah. Now, if I ask myself, i go through the conversation. What has he done since he's you know hung his boots? Nothing of any spectacular uh, form in coaching. Under mm-hmm. the the Cameroon they can qualify for for the last Olympics football competition. What has he really done? So okay. he just reads to me as if. Samarito has gotten there, unfortunately, and decided to, you know, say to the boys, give the boys <laughs> an opportunity. Okay, and then sorry, and then that puts an unwanted spotlight on his reign as Foot president. Okay, um, buddy, um, let le- let me go to the other side. Not that I'm disagreeing with you, but let me try. Think of probably the thinking behind. Um, that kind of decision. It does seem to me like um, a lot of African federations are beginning to feel maybe this foreign coach thing is not working. Because if you juxtapose performance of African coaches vis-a-vis foreign coaches, um, it's not like you, can, you can't you say they've been necessarily better in terms of performance at AFCON and even going on to the World Cup. The last two AFCONs have now been won by uh, local coaches. Um, uh, Nigeria has won with the local coach before. And also maybe Cameroon feel, or maybe don't let me mention Cameroon. Do you get the impression African federations are beginning to feel that look, maybe somebody who is homebred, homegrown, has the passion, has the command and respect of the, of the players. Maybe they'll be able to produce results rather than going for quote unquote, mercenary-like foreign coaches who just come here for the money. Not being fair, um, to be
1: fair to some of them, they, do, they really do a good job. But on the whole, what do you think? DG, I, I feel what you said, um, your, last, your last line is correct because what um, uh, you
2: hop on when we talk about foreign coaches, coaches and, their, and their influence is in respect the command from the players. Yeah, and I do feel that someone like 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 Song, like, like, like the uh, like the coach of the Ivorian uh, team, as uh, so the coach of the Senegalese team, uh, those who have been there done that. Yeah, those who have been there done that. Uh, um, uh, they played in, in big leagues, they played at the at, at, at the uh, at the highest levels and the highest. Uh, they played on the biggest stages. These are players that who these, these 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 are, these are these are these are coaches or players that were heroes in the eyes of these players coming through when they were younger, or whose stories they heard, you know, whose legend they sell out there on the street. So, I don't mm-hmm. think respecting them or being their commands will be, uh, will, will be an issue. The second thing for me, Deji, is that if you look at um, uh, at, um like Song's record, he spoke with the home base players as the coach of, the, of, the, of their local team to the Nations Cup. He spoke with the under-23, under-23 team, and, which means that he knows the players. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think that is key. He's worked with them. He knows their strengths. He knows their weaknesses. Some of these players that he worked with when he was coach of the, of, of the home base team to the Nations Cup, I'm sure some of them have, have gone abroad. He's worked with the national 3 team, which I'm sure are for the NB qualifiers, which I'm sure some of them are home based Some of them are brought for abroad. Some of them have been promoted to the national team. So he knows the players. And I feel that if you give the, 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 a coach like that all the support he needs in, in terms of logistics, he will, not, he will not have a problem, a problem commanding his troops. And we, you and I know that once you get the players to, to obey your instructions, that is the first step. Because what a great coach does, really, you can't go in there like we uh, just agree with, uh, with Molino and Ruma. You can't go in there and do the play for them. They have to go in, go in there and execute. Just give them clear instructions. And so for a man who has the name, the legend, for a man who knows the players and knows the players of the land, for a man who knows and, 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 uh, uh, the present well, so which means he will get uh, logistical support. I think this is the best decision Cameroon can make. We, we, we have always felt on a, a statue, Didi that when you, when, you are, when you appoint a man that is that that, is, that has a stature and give, give him the support in, the support he needs. those are that if you stick with him, over after a while you get you get the results that you want. You and I know that it's not likely that, likely that, that an African team will win the World Cup anytime soon. Mm-hmm. We are all, we're always going to go and, and try. What's your last fight to be a the Nations score? And those are that, like uh, we all see about the Champions League and Premier, only one team will win it. Like we have, we have four or five teams that are close, but only one will win it. It will, it will be a thin line. So just keep with your man and your him. The problem with Africa is that what is results well now, all of us yes. want to win at the same time. <laughs> That's not going to happen. That's why I applaud Senegal, what they have done. And I, I bear their, um, and their patient with CC And again, I con- con- congratulate them for doing the right thing. And I think Cameroon, if they give the right uh, the, uh, the, the tools two just at that, hey, like we all know, even the bad watch is right two times. It, 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 it gives you the right time, twice in a day. So just at that, that at some point, we'll cross that thin line, we'll get lucky, also, uh, win an African Championship, and I think that's the key. That's the that's the I, I, I was I was I was local balance. All of us When the Nations Cup, become a hero. The World Cup is, is it's far, mm. but you can just go there and make a noise. But hey, I think uh, it, it, it's 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 a good hire, and I wish them all the best.
0: Oh, oh, okay. I mean, I, I get the feeling that your concern might be the timing. I mean, what buddy said for me is a bit maybe looking on the lo- on the long term. Okay. Because he knows the local players, he knows the team we 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 notice that the nation's cup is aging. Yeah. So maybe they need to bring a younger core and maybe we'll go song, have a work with the local team, the chant team, um, and the uh, under twenty three team has more insight into and of course the commanding respect of the team is a no brainer. He absolutely would command that instantly, uh, almost uh, effortlessly. But the fact is that they have a World Cup qualifier. Round the corner. So, the worry is probably from you, and that's what impression is, like, look, this World Cup qualifier is coming, what do you think Rigobertson can add or can change? Or do you think the team is, you know, uh, too weak to overcome or Georgia didn't have a particularly good Nations Cup as well yeah, anyway, yeah. so um, Cameroon had a much, much better Nations Cup. So, what do you make of the timing and why do you think um, this was done now? Firstly, commanding respect does not guarantee results. Mm. That's, that has to be very clear. It doesn't guarantee results at all. Now, yes, importantly, Cameroon needed to freshen up this team, probably reduce the, the average age of this team because two life is a backer in the late thirties. They had the ambassador in his late thirties, you know, guys heading towards uh, probably the early 30s. So they need to the freshen up the team. Going to the double header against OJ, they're going to be playing a team that's also wounded. Wounded in the sense that former African champions had a terrible outcome, got knocked out in the first round. They have a point to prove. Mm. A huge point at that because they want to go to the World Cup. So they'll be going to that look like, Oh, okay.
1: You guys have decided to take this leap of faith. Which will be, which will make Cameroon quite vulnerable. Because then you'll be like,
0: okay, what's going on with these guys? But at the same time, it could make Cameroon also somewhat of an unknown quantity because then all the intelligence they've gathered on Cameroon over Mm -hmm. the last few months is probably useless now. Previous coach. Yeah, because he's a new guy. And then. Has his own ideas. Has his own ideas. They don't even have the opportunity to scout them again because there are no matches before that time. So that could prove as an
1: advantage for Cameroon. But overall, the timing is too sudden for me, because
0: I feel that we are making progress, and I could relate this to Nigeria. Under Gerez we were qualifying, but were we progressing in terms of the application and the kind of football we're playing. No. But for them, there was progress. Application, the kind of football they were playing, it was exciting. They were scoring goals. They got to the semifinal. If it's not broke, don't fix it. So now they're going to this point and they've thrown that plan out of the window. And now they're having to start afresh. Mm. I worry. Okay, but it, I'll give you probably the final word on this. Um, what do you think would happen? Do you think they'll stick with him? Is a risk, is a risky maneuver. If our uh, adventure, they do not qualify for the World Cup, will he be a scapegoat or do you think it's a long-term plan that irrespective of what happens at that, um, in that final World Cup qualify against Algeria, irrespective of what happens, they will keep him. Let's assume that they don't qualify. What do you think the reaction would be?
1: Yeah, I, mean, I think they will keep it. Um okay. And I do feel that uh, they are putting because the felt, look. There's, there's no time
2: no time is ever ever right for anything. Keeping keep on for the game against Algeria is always going to be a big risk. Um, if the coach could not win the Nations Cup at home in front of the fans, what are the odds? What are the odds, What are the odds that he will get over the? Uh, we get over Algeria in the qualifiers? So I feel if, you know what the future starts now. We jump and we take what it comes. To. And I, I and I feel that the timing of his appointment tells us that it's long term. They didn't sign him to cover the World They signed him to be their coach for a period of time. And I think that's what they have done. I a little do, 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 do. we we always say it if you keep looking at the clock and thinking of the next game you are going to play, you are not going to take any decision. Yeah. When the, man, when, when the man has got to go, he's got to go. And, and that's just it. And I, I look, I applaud uh, um, uh, the president Eto'o for his bravery and I do feel that it pays off for him.
0: Okay. Alright, so Cameroon decided to sing a new song. <laughs> Literally and figuratively wish them all the best. Of course, we have our, own, <laughs> have our own fires to burn. We have our own situations to take care of. We have Ghana on the on the way. Maybe before those qualifiers, maybe we'll take a deeper look at the final round of World Cup qualifiers for the 10 African teams who are vying for the five places Nigeria inclusive. So that's where we end Sports360 Podcast for this week. Many, many thanks as always for joining us. Many thanks for Bode and to Bode and uh, to Yemi, our co-presenters and many thanks for our listeners. Uh, Sports360pod underscore is uh, at Twitter is the new Twitter handle for 360sport underscore. And on Instagram, it's Ports 360 pod So you can go there, join us, watch a few videos of Yemi in the studio and Bode lounging wherever he is <laughs> and all of that. I would like to thank you all for being with us. It drops
1: every Thursday, 12 noon, Nigerian time. My name is Jomo Omotoimo. Enjoy yourself wherever you are. Good day.